0: Hour number two of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Zickler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Each week we get together, we talk about the news of the week, the events of our often bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. And we've still got a ton to get to in the next two hours of the program. Before we go back to the news of the week, and there will be a segue, actually, to the uh, presidential race, I have to mention, Leah, that the Cleveland Cavaliers... Defeated yes. the Golden State Warriors in Game 7 of the NBA Finals about 20 minutes or so ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is remarkable for a couple of reasons. First of all, we happened to be on in Akron, uh, Ohio, where uh, which is the home of LeBron James who of course is the star player for the cleveland cavaliers who left cleveland this is amazing i mean this is really you put this in a movie no one would believe it he leaves his hometown of cleveland they hate him they hate him despise him he they burn him an effigy goes to the miami (laughs) dead right he is is dead dead. he is as dead as you could possibly get i know and he goes to miami wins a couple nba titles comes back to cleveland the the prodigal son returns to cleveland and not only did they finally win the first title of any kind in the city, I believe in 52 years, they, they not only win, but they beat the defending NBA champions, the Golden State Warriors, who had the best regular season record in the history of the NBA. And they did so in game seven on the road, winning the last three games. Now, that's wow. a that's a Wow. That is a wow. That is a wow. The ratings on that one are going to be rather extraordinary. Uh, I don't know what they will be exactly, but my guess is on a Father's Day night, uh, on a Sunday, the ratings for the Cavaliers beating the Golden State Warriors are going to be off the charts. Uh, The segue to the presidential race, of course, is that uh, Cleveland, the very. Place where the Cavaliers play their home games is where Donald Trump is scheduled to be nominated as the Republican presidential nominee. My guess is that,
1: with no sponsors.
0: Yeah, apparently with no very few of any real sponsors. I'm sure with his magic-making uh, deal skills, he'll be able to fix that, right?
1: With me, it just
0: works, you know, it's magic. Right. Except when it isn't. Um, my guess is we're not going to end up seeing the same success. Uh, from what uh, comes out of the Republican nomination uh, convention in Cleveland as the Cavaliers had in the NBA Finals on the the road against Golden State. But we'll get more into that uh, later on in the hour. Speaking of ratings, though, I made a prediction last week about this Orlando story, which I can't prove has been borne out by the facts, but I think anecdotally uh, I can certainly provide a lot of evidence that I was right. I don't know if you recall this, but I said – that the ratings for the Orlando story, the media was going to want this to be a big story because obviously it is. It's a huge story. It's incredibly important. And it's it's massive, biggest massacre of its kind in American history. And you've got all sorts of you know subplots to it and obviously the issue of Islamic terrorism, which they like to try to ignore, the gun issue. Which let's they, not
1: forget about hearing from the victims. Right. I'm telling you the victims' uh, statements this week have just been just heartbreaking right. what they have gone through oh, no!
0: I, again I want to make clear I, you know if we were living in a world where what got covered was based upon what was important I would have zero problem with this still getting wall-to-wall coverage every day okay I want to make that clear what I'm describing is the world in which we actually live in and the world we actually live in now is what's important means almost nothing uh, it's what's in the media's agenda. The media's agenda is based upon what's good for ratings, what's good for their careers, what's good for their political agenda. This story they're trying very hard to make good for their political agenda. but one Gun of them
1: control
0: well, right well one of, one of the reasons why I predicted that this story would not resonate in the ratings department, It's not just because of the group that was targeted being a a vast minority of the American people. But even more importantly than that, and I didn't mention this last week, and I was remiss in not doing so. The event happened overnight. We woke up to it. Even though people don't even realize it it was a three- or four-hour event. So, So imagine if this had happened in the middle of the day during the week, and there was live television coverage of it. Had that been the case, it wouldn't have mattered who was targeted. The, a huge portion of the American people would be invested in the story psychologically, invested in it emotionally. The best analogy I can make is, you asked me last week, why do we still care so much about O.J. Simpson? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but one of them is the Bronco chase. Everyone that was alive at that time
1: now is emotionally, the television.
0: Em- emotionally <laughs> invested because you watched the Bronco chase and it it, it emblazoned the memory on your brain that you cannot get rid of because no one had ever seen anything like that before. And so therefore, to anyone who watched the Bronco chase, OJ is an automatic hit, okay, from a purely primal emotional standpoint. Well, we don't have anything like that with Orlando because it happened in the middle of the night. To my knowledge, there was, I don't know, there must have been some live coverage of it. Uh, when 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 <clears throat> story broke, but there wasn't, there was certainly no 9/11 moment, no Ford no. Bronco moment. We woke up to it, and so it's not real. It's not as real, and it doesn't have the same psychological impact on us. Plus, let's face it, it's not a story people want. You know, it's not pleasant. It's not a pleasant story. It's not clear cut. It's confusing as to what the motivations were. So, I think the proof that I was right about this is. It got usurped this week, temporarily at least, by the one kid who got killed by the alligator at Disneyland or outside Disneyland, yes. oddly enough, in it's Orlando. It. And why did that happen? That happened, and my wife was the perfect proof of this. And I had told her my theory before this happens. And so she comes into my bedroom, oh my gosh, did you hear about the kid who got killed by an alligator outside of Disney? I'm like, see? You didn't do that with the killing in Orlando, because because that the story of the kid with the alligator... That resonates. That
1: oh yeah, that oh, that's eye that level. was the most horrific thing uh, because the father tried to save the kid, and right. so you think, oh my gosh.
0: But every parent relates to that. Okay. Yes. It's, you can't relate to a homicidal maniac taking out 50 gay people in a bar in the middle of the night when you weren't when you were asleep. It's not the same, even though the loss of life is obviously a heck of a lot less in this situation. This one hit people at eye level, and I and I know the ratings on that were ahead because I because I I know the way the news media works. And the day after it happened, the Today Show was all over it, which means they got the ratings the next morning, and they go, "Oh, wow, we got a hit!" In fact, Matt yeah. Lauer, I we, I joke with my wife. I, I can read between the lines, honey. What he just told you is the ratings on this story are a hit, because that's why. Because he talked about why people are identifying with the story. When when newscasters are saying this is why people identify with the story, what they're really saying is, boy, the ratings on this one is surprisingly high, and we're going to yes. stay with it until they they aren't. Uh, so that's that that is the explanation for why certain stories hit and why they don't and why Orlando, in my guess. Now, look, that could change because we're going to find out the transcripts of the telephone calls. We might even see video of this uh, because apparently it exists. I don't know how much of it we're going to see. That might continue to feed the the media beast for a while. But I just do not believe that a month from now, uh, Orlando is still going to be at the forefront of our minds. I don't, for better or for worse. I just do not believe it. Now, it is going to have at least... It had a theoretical impact on the presidential race, which we'll get to when we come back on The John and Leah Show. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor folks and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using My Pillow. You may have seen My Pillow's owner, Mike Lindell on their TV commercials. Well, My Pillow is fit just for you. The kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love My Pillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one my pillow and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And I guess this is the official start of this week's version of the race for the White House 2016. And I want to start with the reaction to the Orlando massacre by both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. And we have talked numerous times, Leah, about how I believe strongly that something extraordinary would have to happen... To change the trajectory of this presidential race, which is currently very, very much on the path of Hillary Clinton beating Donald Trump. I have been incredibly consistent in that. And one of the things that we have theorized that could theoretically change things up if there was a huge terror attack, which you really shocked America into saying, "Okay, wait a minute, we've got to really wake up to this whole Islamic terrorism situation. And I predicted last week that this would not be it. Right. And so far the data 100% supports me on that. Now there were a couple reasons why I've already alluded to a couple of them, but one of them is that this uh, frankly as horrible as it was, it wasn't a 9/11 and it was out, you know, it's it's a little too far away from the November election. I believe it's going to be largely forgotten sadly, in a fairly short amount of time. But also, the reaction that each of the candidates had, I think, has played at least some role here. I now believe, Leah, that Orlando may have been the best thing that could have happened for Hillary Clinton. And what I mean by that is this. It was big enough to where she and her campaign seemed to have gotten out of this ridiculous PC bullcrap that they have been polling on the issue of Islamic terrorism. Now, I'm not suggesting that they're nearly as, as good as as we would like them to be, as a conservative or even as good as Trump has been in his rhetoric. But there's no question that her speech was far stronger, far less PC on Monday than anything else that she has done. So I think that was a smart move by the campaign, as it's almost like a wake up call. Hey, we wait, wait a minute. We're really vulnerable on this issue. We need to cover. So let's our-
1: get out there and lie. Well, yeah, I'm not. You're,
0: you're. I'm not defending her. I'm telling you what is. Right. I'm evaluating this from a political standpoint. Now, Trump, the speech he gave, content-wise, I agreed with almost all of it. Not all. Mm-hmm. Not a hundred percent, but most of it. And I, you know, would it be wonderful if we had a qualified president who was willing to be that? lacking in political correctness and had balls down to their knees and was really willing to do all this and knew what the hell they were talking about, I would be thrilled. I don't believe Trump qualifies there. But what I found to be interesting, Leah, was that Trump now is in a um, a really weird spot with regard to his delivery and his campaign. He got to where he is by being the unbridled stallion Right. <laughs> the yes. the, 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 the horse Trump that Trump, the horse that could not be broken. Right. So just he's <laughs> running around wild all over the place. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that bad. That's bad. And it turned out that it was good enough to win the Republican nomination because of circumstances that really had nothing to do with him. He got two billion dollars in free advertising for the news media. And we got way too many candidates that wouldn't get the hell out of the race. That's why he won in reality. But so he's this this bronco that could not be that could not be broken. Now, all of a sudden, they're hitching him to a teleprompter. And, you know, he has been very critical of people who use teleprompters. He's, in fact, said that they should be banned. Well, apparently not now because he's using one because his people are terrified of what he might say on sensitive subjects. So he gives this speech on Monday on a teleprompter. But he reads it, Leah, and you and I have listened to a lot of talk radio. We've listened to a lot of bad talk radio. He sounded almost exactly like a bad radio talk show host who's reading an article in the newspaper that he agrees with for the first time. And and, and in interludes, he'll say, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, boy, yeah, I really agree (laughs) with that. That that is fantastic. Who wrote that? That is really smart. Uh, And so he's now got this weird hybrid going where he's reading the teleprompter but then giving his own asides. And to me, from a presentation standpoint, it didn't work. To me you've got to, you've got to pick a lane with Trump. You and and frankly I think you got to as you said let Trump be Trump. Do, do you see what I'm saying on this?
1: I do. And uh you know the one thing that I would say about the teleprompter reading is that the night um of the California primary when he came out and gave that speech I thought that one was pretty good. Um I But that I think was on he...
0: teleprompter.
1: Yes it was. Yeah. And I I thought that speech was really good and it was what he really needed to do. I think he feels restrained by it. Yeah. So the more they try to do this to him, the more he's going to put in, he's going to vamp on the side.
0: <laughs> and look, if he was really good at it, I think that could theoretically work because it's it's unique, it's different, you know, no one's ever done that before. But to me, it just didn't work. And I am trying to be very, very objective about Donald Trump, even though I've been incredibly critical of him. Uh, Look, there's still parts of me that are rooting for him because I, I despise Hillary so much. But I just don't think it's working. And I frankly, based upon the polling data, which we'll get to when we come back, I think a lot of Americans saw this week as kind of a dress rehearsal for what would happen if each of these people was president and they didn't like what they saw with Donald Trump. I I really do not believe this helped him at all when it was supposed to be the potential savior for his campaign, getting the issue of terrorism front and center. More on this when we come back on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor folks and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using My Pillow. You may have seen My Pillow's owner Mike Lindell on their TV commercials. Well, My Pillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love My Pillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one my pillow and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Continuing with our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016. And uh, Leah Brandon, as I have been predicting, would be the case for quite some time. This week, it became very clear that Donald Trump is now trailing Hillary Clinton in every single national poll and every state poll that matters And what is most remarkable is not the margins, which are not out of control in most polls, although at one point, in one poll, he was down by 12 points nationwide, which would be very significant if that was backed up by other similar polls. Most of the polls have him down by five, six, seven points. The average, I think, right now is about five or six points in the real clear politics uh, average of all the major polls. That's not the most troubling part. If you're a Trump fan, the most troubling part is, with the exception of one poll, which I discount because it's a clearly bogus poll, which has him at 45, he can't break 40 anymore. Since the comments about the Mexican judge and including. Which was stupid. Right. And and including after the Orlando attacks, which a lot of people thought might have given him a bump. There's no evidence of a bump at all. In fact, if there's any evidence of anything, it's that. People were even more turned off by Donald Trump when they had the opportunity to see him as a potential president under real-life circumstances.
1: Which well, just kind of blows my mind, by the way.
0: Well, we don't know. I want to make something clear. We don't know that definitively yet. I'm someone, as as you know, Lee, I've worked in polling. I've done polls on my own, commissioned major polls. I know I'm very good at interpreting them. I'm very good at predicting based upon them. One of the things people do wrong about polls is they are too quick to interpret what's happening. I'm a big believer that these that events take some time to kind of have their impact on public opinion. So I don't believe, like, for instance, I don't think we're going to know for sure what the reaction to Orlando, if, what impact that's going to have on the presidential race until next week or this upcoming week. If there's a poll but by, by the end of this week then I think we have a, you know we have a better picture. But right now there's no evidence at all that Trump got a bump from this. And if anything it was the opposite because every single poll still has him in the 30s, usually around 37 38 which is basically death for Donald yeah. Trump. And let me tell you why it's it's particularly death for Trump more than any other candidate of my lifetime. For a couple reasons. Number one, Trump has a 100% name ID. Correct. That's highly unusual. You know, even John McCain and Mitt Romney didn't have anywhere near 100% name ID at this point in June of their respective elections. 2008 for McCain, 2012 for Romney. So that makes a big difference because if people don't know your name, they're not going to say they prefer you for president. They're not. So... Trump has nowhere to grow on name ID. That's number one. Second reason why these recent polls are really bad for Trump is that he, more than any other candidate I can ever remember in my life, relies on the perception that he's winning. He's the winner. He won the Republican nomination almost entirely on momentum. We talked time and time again, and I was 100% right in this. You need to take Trump out in Iowa. You need to destroy him there. And they came close, but not close enough. If he had finished third or fourth in Iowa, I think the whole thing changes. But he finished a strong second, and then he ends up winning New Hampshire, and it's look out. At that point, I think it was over. Well, when he's behind, not only, it does a couple things. It destroys the perception of the winner. It destroys the allure that somehow he's changed the game and all the rules are different. And somehow he's going to, you know, remake the map. He may remake the map, folks. <laughs> he just may make it a heck of a lot more blue than it's been in recent times.
1: But so you know, what's really odd is that we don't hear anymore all the things that made Trump rise. You know, we, when's the last time you heard crooked Hillary? When is the last time you heard he's really not even doing? The Trump thing anymore. I don't know what he's doing.
0: Well, we talked in the last segment. I think that they are struggling with how much to put the reins on their horse. I I, I really do. I think that that's going to be a big problem. They got to make it. They have to make a call. Are they going to try to control Donald Trump, which I think is impossible, or are they just going to let the trips fall where they may and let Trump be Trump? But, but, But let me just get back to why this is so devastating to Trump. It's not just that his perception is the winner. And it's not just that he rides momentum. There are a whole lot of conservatives who are willing to hold their nose for Trump if they think he's going to win. That's right. If they think he's going to lose, that layer is going to evaporate. And if that layer evaporates, and there's already some signs that that's happening, if that second layer evaporates, we're talking complete, total Collapse, catastrophic yeah. collapse. Because then it's the Titanic,
1: and well, then- it's rats off that sinking Titanic already. You
0: think so? Well, there's yes. some there's some public officials. You're right. There've been some indications, some Republicans already uh, of some note endorsing Hillary. There's signs of it, but it's not enough to endanger him at the convention, which I'm going to get to momentarily. And then just to finish this this whole reason why it's so bad for Trump to be in the thirties at this time is because his whole game plan is I'm going to attack her. I'm going to hit her like she's never been hit before at those debates. I'm going to destroy her. Yeah. That doesn't work when you're perceived as being far behind when you're far behind, Hillary can laugh at you, and the news media will say, wow, she really handled that well.
1: Because Of course, she's so presidential. Right,
0: because she's the one in the alpha position. Trump knows better than anybody. The reason why his attacks worked in the Republican primary is that he was the alpha because he was, he was winning. And so when he attacked, he was doing so from a position of strength. Well, when he's attacking from a position of weakness with the media 100% against him, it ain't going to work, folks. And in fact, it's probably going to backfire. So it's hard for me to see a scenario where Trump can turn this around, especially when we just found out, apparently, though we don't know for sure, that even a terrorist attack isn't going to do it. So what might? I don't have a good scenario. I still think he has one path. He has one path and one path only. All the Romney states somehow win Florida, which he considers to be his second home state, somehow win Ohio, despite the fact that John Kasich isn't going to support him as the governor of Ohio, and then win Pennsylvania, which I've mentioned numerous times, he told me in our one very brief they meeting, love him. how much Pennsylvania loves him because he backed uh, Joe Paterno and that whole controversy. So that's his path. And that gets him just barely enough electoral college votes to win. So I guarantee that's what he thinks his path is. And Hillary, I think, is counting her eggs too fast in Pennsylvania. I think there's it's theoretically possible for Trump to win Pennsylvania. I really do. If everything went perfectly, Trump could win Pennsylvania. But I think he's got so many other holes in the ship. I think Utah is a problem. We've mentioned that before. Arizona's a problem. North Carolina's a problem. Missouri's a problem. I mean, he's got holes all over this ship. And right now, it is very, very close. It's not there yet, but it is close to potentially sinking before Cleveland. I don't think that's going to happen because there's no, as Trump himself you know you're not in good shape when you're when Trump himself is tweeting, hey, look, they can't get rid of me because there's no one else that can take over for me.
1: And I know. That's terrible.
0: I mean, that's not exactly your best messaging, but it's true. I mean the reality- Is
1: there really no one – like they couldn't just rewrite the rules once they go to Cleveland well, and bring in Marco Rubio? Well, no, they could
0: theoretically. I mean, look, if, if – the only scenario I see where this gets saved is if Trump doesn't want the nomination. If Trump wants the nomination, it's his. If he doesn't want it and somehow he is convinced, hey, look, Donald – you can get out of this saving face. You cannot win. <laughs> no, no, no. You can't tell him that. You got to say. You got to make this in his self-interest. You can oh yeah, sa- you that's can, right. You can save face here. You can look like a hero. You can not have to worry about ever being president. After running running for president, we will pay off all your debts. Whatever. Just endorse uh, Scott Walker at the convention. How about that? Um, that you know that's never going to happen. But that in theory could work. I actually came up with another idea, you know, one of my harebrained schemes. I'm all for it. Well... What is it? Well, I don't know if you're going to be all for it, but this one, this this is kind of funny. So I, I realized, it occurred to me, why has the Never Trump movement never thought about taking the Romney idea from the primaries and instituting it into the general election? And what I mean by that is this. What if we convened a team of Super Republican governors. And we got Romney and we got Walker and we got Kasich. And let's just say for argument, we got Jeb Bush not to run national fourth or third party candidacies for president. What if they only ran in one selected state? What if Romney got on the ballot in Utah? What if Walker got on the ballot in Wisconsin? What if oh. Kasich got on the ballot in Ohio? What wow. if Bush got on the ballot in Florida? Is that possible? That's absolutely legally possible. Now, I have I have put this forward to Bill Kristol, who is like head of the Never Trump people. Uh, and interestingly, my, my email to Bill was, hey, why has no one thought about this? And he said, actually, we've talked about it. Uh, and it's under discussion.
1: So and, what
0: happens then, though? Well— in theory, here's what that would accomplish. This is never going to happen because it's too good of an idea. <laughs> and it takes too
1: much. Yeah, it's the but, Republicans. But, but, no, but here, no here's way.
0: here's why it's a really good idea. It's a really good idea because it, it requires almost no money, very little money, and no risk for any of these people because none of them would be humiliated by finishing – you know, third or fourth nationwide and, you know, becoming a joke. It would be just in their state, a state where they will automatically get at least 30% of the vote. So there's there's no downside risk for them from their reputation standpoint to do this. If it worked, let's pretend a miracle happened and it worked. Let's pretend Walker won and Kasich won and Jeb Bush won and frankly I think Romney would be a cinch to win in Utah. Oh uh, sure. hundred percent. If that happened, here's what would occur. The the election would go to the House of Representatives almost assuredly, unless Trump collapsed everywhere else, which I don't think he would. So if, if you if this if somehow this plan got implemented and it went perfectly, Trump wouldn't win, Clinton wouldn't win. The presidency would be decided by the Republican-held House of Representatives. Now, that, to me, is worth a shot.
1: But, well, but but apparently then you've got the whole illegitimate president. Yeah, well look, I don't. Care. <laughs> but, we went through all that with Bush. Uh, I, I'll Casemiro. take
0: that over the the crooked Hillary or the insane <laughs> Donald.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know what, I will too. <laughs> right,
0: but but just to just to finish it, Crystal on a follow up email told me that Romney is the one that's hesitant to do it because if they get Romney on board to do something like this, I think the others might follow. But you need Romney first. Hell, Romney could probably fund the whole thing. My plan would only cost 20, 30 million tops. And, you know, Romney's got that in his, you know, in his couches. You
1: know, so what is with Romney? He's always hesitant to do the right thing at the right time. I,
0: I don't think he thinks this would work. I mean, I haven't talked oh, to him.
1: Oh, my gosh. I'm just,
0: I'm just telling you. Look, this was an email exchange with Bill Crystal. I don't I don't have any details on it, but it was a good idea, and I'm going to keep Great him on Great
1: idea. I'm going to keep Wrong. him on it and
0: see if we can get this going anywhere. But most of my harebrained sc- schemes go nowhere. I mean, we know that already. They're always good okay. ideas in concept, but for some reason, never get implemented. That's really pretty much the story of my life in this show. All right, when we come back, we got to talk about um, some interesting revelations about the media coverage of the primaries and a tremendous <laughs> – confrontation between Joe Scarborough of MSNBC and John Kasich over the issue of the media coverage of Donald Trump on the free speech broadcasting network. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor folks and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using My Pillow. You may have seen My Pillow's owner Mike Lindell on their TV commercials. Well, My Pillow is fit just for you. The kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are, I love my pillow and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one my pillow and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Zickler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And one of the uh, strengths of this program, Leah, I believe, is that we have uh, been very prescient when it comes to analyzing and predicting the news media and their reaction to Donald Trump, how and why they helped facilitate his nomination. And this week, there were two different studies that came out <laughs> which uh, provided enormous vindication for what I've been saying for many, many months. So please tell us more about that.
1: Okay, yes. So the uh, first story was a new report. It's from Harvard Kennedy School's Shorenstein Center. This is on the media politics and public policy. That's a nice long term. Uh, The report shows that during the year 2015, major news outlets covered Donald Trump, In a way that was unusual, given his low initial polling numbers, he, in fact, got a very high volume of media coverage. And they have determined, shockingly enough, that this preceded Trump's rise in the polls. Now, his coverage was positive in tone, and they say the volume and the tone of the coverage is what put him on the top of all the Republican polls. So, the other story is about cable news ratings in and of themselves. One year ago, the ratings were down. However, Fox News, CNN, and MSNBC all saw their profits rise. It looks like 56%. That's according to the Pew Research Project. The rise is actually called the Trump effect. Pew says it's a ratings bump not seen in years. And one of the New York uh, Times media critics has talked about news organizations plastering Trump stories on every chyron and headline just in an attempt to win the viewers.
0: All right, so here's the bottom line. We've got this uh, academic study indicating, importantly, in 2015... See, because I am very much of the belief that that's when this presidential race on the Republican side was decided. The, the one, on, right. the Democratic side was decided in, like, 2013. Eight. <laughs> right. 2008, this was basically decided that Hillary would be the 2016 yep. Democratic nominee. But I believe late 2015 was the point of no return, which is why I wrote a series of articles, which you can find at freespeechbroadcasting.com for the Mediate uh, website, where I – basically predict, hey, look, Trump's going to win this thing, uh, and here's why, and here's why it's bad, because he's going to lose to Hillary. It was all because of this free and very positive, that's another important part of this, incredibly positive, especially given his lack of credentials and his history of things that would have blown up any other campaign, very positive media coverage, all, by the way, for free. Uh, Now, in the next hour, we're going to play an amazing clip that uh, occurred this week on MSNBC between Joe Scarborough, the sellout conservative who does the morning show there on the Liberal Network, and John Kasich over this issue of whether or not the media effectively gave Trump the Republican nomination. So you want to stay tuned for that. But the second part of this whole deal is that it gives us the reason why they did it. See, the, the academic study proves it happened. Then the monetary information about how cable news ratings and revenue is way up shows why they did it they got paid off and they knew they would why because trump was not just good for ratings that's one thing it's not just that he was good for ratings he was free to them too I mean, when all you have to do is put a guy on television or just take his phone call at at many times, and your ratings go every (laughs) morning. Right? There's no production cost to that. None. So he's he's basically free ratings. In fact, it's even he's free money too. He's free money. (laughs) Just ask him; he'll tell you. Uh, But it's it's free on every level. There's no production cost. Plus. For most of these outlets, it's helping their political agenda, too, because they all know he's the worst candidate. For the Republicans to go up against Hillary with, they all know that. They're not complete idiots. Most of them are morons, but most—they all—they have. It's not that difficult to figure this out. It's very easy to understand what's the political reality of this situation, and the conservative media doesn't care because if they—if Hillary wins, they win too. They win no matter Correct. what. Trump wins, yeah. they get Trump as president. All the ratings there, plus they get to have fun with this new toy. But more than likely, Hillary wins, and they get a Hillary pre- presidency which, much like the Obama presidency, is probably going to be good for them. Because, as I said in my last appearance on MSNBC, MSNBC was very pro-Obama in 2008, and it was terrible for their network. Fox was very anti-Obama in 2008, and the last eight years have been fantastic for their network. See how that works? Losing or the perception of losing is actually good because you get the boogeyman. You need the boogeyman to drive ratings. Obama has been the boogeyman for conservative media. And now Trump is going to be the temporary boogeyman for everybody, but then he's going to lose in November. Uh, So I think there's some incredibly important points there. But when we come back, you got to listen to John Kasich lay it on the line and really humiliate One of the worst offenders of all this, Joe Scarborough from MSNBC. Plus, in the next hour, you will not want to miss our audio from our confrontation (laughs) several years ago with O.J. Simpson, which may have helped lead him to jail on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.